You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, everyone. I want to give a warm welcome to all those new listeners who recently discovered the show. I recently did a little cross-promotion with Gavin Whitehead from the Art of Crime podcast, and I put this episode in today for all those new listeners who found Who Arted through the Art of Crime. Gavin started his new season by talking about the French Revolution, so I thought those listeners might be interested in learning a little bit about Elizabeth Vigée Lebrun, Marie Antoinette's portrait painter. And for those American high school students listening, this is one of the 250 works required for AP Art History. In fact, every episode I released in January was from the AP Art History list, and more to come in February. I feel like who art ed? Who art is Mr. Wood art ed me? Either way, it's ambiguous. It works on so many levels. I know. That's off to a great start. Welcome to Who Arted, where we explore visual arts in an audio medium. I'm your host, Kyle Wood, and today we're going to be looking at Elizabeth Vigée Lebrun. Elizabeth Vigée Lebrun was forced to flee France in a disguise and under the cover of darkness during the early stages of the French Revolution. Lebrun didn't have the opulent life of luxury that revolutionaries despised, but she had worked her way up to become Marie Antoinette's favorite portraitist, and the French Revolution was not the ideal time and place to be friends with the monarch. But that would come later. Elizabeth Vigée Lebrun was born in Paris on April 16, 1755. Her father was a portrait painter, and he taught her quite a bit before he died. Sadly, she was only 12 years old when that happened. It was obviously devastating. She was encouraged to continue developing her artistic skills, probably in part out of necessity, but there weren't a lot of options for women in that time. She wasn't able to get formal training at the academy. Nonetheless, by the age of 15, she was starting to get commissions for portraits and earning enough money to support herself, her mother, and her brother. At the age of 19, she suffered another setback as her success was noticed by the authorities. Her materials were seized because Elizabeth Viaget, at that time just Viaget, the Lebrun would come later, she had been operating a professional practice without membership in the academy or a guild. She quickly joined the Académie de Saint-Luc, which didn't admit a lot of women, but in case you haven't already guessed from the fact that I'm talking about her almost 300 years later, Elizabeth Vigée Lebrun was a standout talent. Just a year later, at the age of 20, she went from having her black market portrait studio shut down to being an official member of the court. In 1776, she married an art dealer, Jean-Baptiste Pierre Lebrun. An artist being married to an art dealer obviously would open a few doors for her, but it also presented some challenges. In the late 18th century, 
Elizabeth Viaget Lebrun was catapulted to fame when she painted a portrait of Marie Antoinette. 1778, she meets Marie Antoinette at the royal palace in Versailles. The queen had heard of Lebrun's talent and asked her to paint her portrait. The portrait was intended to be for the queen's brother, Emperor Joseph II of Austria. But Marie Antoinette loved it so much, she ordered copies to be made for Catherine the Great in Russia and for her own apartment in Versailles. The full-length portrait shows Marie Antoinette in an elaborate dress with layers of fabric and a feathered headdress. Around her, we see massive columns, the marble bust of her husband, Louis XVI. It's simultaneously soft and feminine, as well as a display of her power and status. The thing about Elizabeth Viaget Lebrun is she had a way of finding the best in her subjects. She would give them, let's say, the generous edit, omitting some minor imperfections, but still keeping it a truthful representation. Think of it as the 18th century version of Photoshop, but with a light touch to keep it plausible. Marie Antoinette loved the way Lebrun painted her, and from that point on, she was pretty much her official royal portrait painter. Elizabeth Viget Lebrun painted 30 portraits of Marie Antoinette. Now, let's face it, if you have the queen on your client list, your career's in pretty good shape. Or at least it is until said queen is violently deposed. Then, maybe it's not so great to put her down as a reference. There had been a campaign against Lebrun in the French papers because of her association with Marie Antoinette. Not only that, but her marriage to that art dealer, Jean-Baptiste Lebrun, that had been a catastrophe, largely due to his gambling problems. So in 1798, Elizabeth Viget Lebrun disguised herself. She took her daughter and left both her husband and France in the dead of night. She brought her daughter to Italy Life as a single parent has never been easy, but Elizabeth Viget Lebrun was resilient. She continued painting portraits for European nobility to support herself and her daughter. In her self-portrait from 1790, we see Lebrun giving herself that generous edit. Despite the hardships she had endured fleeing for her life just the previous year, she paints herself in a seemingly relaxed pose. She wears the type of free-flowing dress popularized by her previous client, Marie Antoinette, as she sits brush in hand turned away from the canvas to gaze out at the viewer. The painting seems casual with a slight smile. She seems gentle and friendly, but with just the slightest hint of a guarded pose as her painter's palette is tilted towards herself out of our view. I think there's something interesting about the way Viget Lebrun seems to gaze out at the viewer, but the subject of the painting she's working on is looking out at her. The portrait, like the artist, seems light and relaxed at first glance. She's warm and inviting, yet underneath it all, we can see the careful construction of a woman who was talented, clever, and strong as steel. 
This concludes this week's episode of Who Arted, part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. If you found this tolerable, please leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. You can find images of the work being discussed this week and every week on social media at Who Arted Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And of course, on the website, whoartedpodcast.com. Podcast done. Have you ever wondered who the Mary was from Bloody Mary? If the Loch Ness Monster was real, or if Ouija boards actually worked? On each episode of the family-friendly Unspookable, we look at the histories and mysteries behind your favorite scary stories, myths, and urban legends to get the real stories behind the scares. Want to solve your next mystery? Find and follow Unspookable now wherever you get your podcasts.